Hello and welcome to Manifesto episode two. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Milo Costanza from the Wellbeing Economy Alliance. Um, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode yet, you can go back and listen to it on Spotify, Google Podcasts and Pocket Casts. Hopefully soon you'll also be able to listen on Apple Podcasts. Today I'll be speaking to Noor from Project CC. Project CC is a sustainable fashion search engine that serves as a platform for over 150 ethical fashion brands, collecting over 25,000 products together in one place with handy labels such as vegan, fair trade and locally produced. It's kind of like ASOS for sustainable fashion. North started Project CC with two friends while at university in Amsterdam and it is now the biggest online marketplace for sustainable fashion in Europe. I've really enjoyed this chat with Noor and I hope you do too. We cover quite a lot of ground, talking about the huge impact the fast fashion industry has on people and the environment, the desperate need for us to adopt more sustainable shopping habits, the potential for the coronavirus pandemic to be a bit of a tipping point when it comes to thinking about environmentalism. But we also talk about the challenges we face when trying to transition to a more sustainable lifestyle. Um, fast fashion is obviously so readily available and cheap. And we've also lived as consumers for so long. It's not necessarily just so easy as changing our habits overnight. But as Noor points out, during our discussion, if the coronavirus pandemic has proved anything, it's proved that we certainly can change our habits pretty much overnight. Anyway, uh, I really hope you enjoy this discussion. I hope it's quite uplifting and positive and I certainly learned a lot. Noor from Project CC is on Manifesto episode two. Hi Noor, so nice to have you on the podcast. Been really looking forward to our chat. Um, I was just wondering to begin with, could you just tell us a little bit more about what Project CC is and how it works? Yeah, of course, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, so what Project CC is, it's a sustainable fashion platform where we collect uh, the products of more than, well, for all our platforms, but for our UK platform, I think we're now at more than 100 stores that we combine all their products on our website. So it becomes really easy to find uh, sustainable fashion. And we also try to give you insightful information about why these products are sustainable with uh, small little icons and insightful texts so that you don't have to do all the research yourself and that it will become easy to filter on the values that you think are important. Nice, nice. And what led you to want to start Project CC and how did you go about doing it? Yeah, well, it started basically with us having the problem that we wanted to buy sustainable fashion, but it was just really hard because there was all these small sustainable shops. And if you wanted to really buy something uh, that also fitted your budget and, and just like, the thing that you really wanted. Uh, you had to go for like 10 web shops before you finally found it. And usually we would quit around the fifth. So you would never find which ones and then end up in an H&M or a Zara or something. Um, so then we just decided, yeah, my roommate came actually with the, with the idea at the time we were studying physics together. And she said, she's really good at programming. Uh, she said like, I see that there's so many web shops out there. And I think there's enough choice. It's just so hard to navigate and to do all the research. So I think I can solve the problem by building web scrapers that just scrape all those web shops, put all the products on one website. And that solves the problem for me. And I was immediately enthusiastic. Her sister was immediately enthusiastic. And then we just started from there. Nice. So it's just kind of like making people's lives easier who want to search for sustainable fashion. That sounds yes. Great. Um, how I feel like 
it's a term you hear a lot and maybe sometimes it can, it can have a lot of different definitions and it can be slightly unclear as to what it means. But when we talk about sustainable fashion, what, what do we actually mean by that? I think, uh, it, yeah, it's indeed a very broad term. And I think people try to use it often in a bit of a vague way so that we just think, oh, sustainable, it will be all right. And really easy to use it for greenwashing, of course. But uh, how we see sustainable is that something is environmentally friendly so that you yeah, basically um, well, use environmentally friendly fabrics that you try to reduce your CO2 uh, emissions, that you try to make sure that you don't put anything in the environment that shouldn't be there. Um, so these kind of practices. Uh, and of course, you also have the social aspect. So making sure that the workers are paid well, that they work in uh, yeah, good conditions, hygienic conditions, uh, normal working hours, all that stuff. And uh, well, then we also sometimes look at animal welfare um, because you of course also have uh, big problems in that area. So that's, I think the main three things we look at, we actually on our website, we have uh, sort of five filters for this. So we have the environmentally friendly, the fair trade, vegan, a good cause for people that do a little bit extra and locally produced for everything that's produced in Europe. Um, but the first three is really, um, yeah, the, th the things that most people would want to filter on, I think. <laughs> yeah, right. That sounds great because sometimes these categories seem kind of like they overlap a bit and it's a bit yeah. overwhelming if you're trying to work out like the difference between or like, is, is it is it vegan and fair trade? Is it just fair trade? Um, what does that what does that actually mean? And yeah, um, if one thing's this, can it also be this? So that sounds that sounds really great and I feel like we yeah it's often maybe not mentioned quite enough how talking about sustainability isn't just to do with the planet it's also to do with being sustainable for people like the people that are making the clothes right in the first place so making sure that they're getting paid a living wage or have fair working conditions. Exactly and it's a huge problem because less than one percent of all clothing is made but with the living wage that people can actually like make a proper living out of it. So that's, that's just horrible. And there's so much to win there. And just by choosing for better brands, we can make such a big difference there. So earlier you mentioned kind of like how easy it is to just keep going back to the same kind of chain high street stores like H&M or Zara, because they're just so much easier to navigate and they kind of have everything you want there already and it's cheaper maybe often um just how high is the environmental cost of fast fashion the kind of fast fashion we find in those stores yeah it's it's um yeah i can i am not really good at putting it into numbers but uh like for instance a pair of jeans you can think about that then uh, it costs around seven thousand liters of water to make that so that's that's a lot uh then you have the people that make it usually don't get paid fair wages like H&M was even in the news that they used uh, the people from China, the Uyghur, I don't know how you pronounce it in yeah. English, uh, like that, that they used uh, the working camps there for the production of their clothing. Like all these things are super horrible. And oh, I, I guess in England, you have the whole boohoo scandals with the, with the people there that are awfully exploited. And with fast fashion, you also have the problem that you go through these very fast cycles of production. And well, right now with Corona, you see that it completely disrupts because 
people are not going to the store, so they don't buy it. But it's only for a week that it should be in the in for sale. So what do you do with that week's clothing? Well, you cancel orders, but then all those people that made those clothing don't get paid. So it's it's like super, yeah, insane. And a lot of clothing ends up in landfill or being destroyed. And so there's just so many things to think about. Also, just making the fabrics that you have, uh, where you produce mostly used cotton, where you use so many pesticides, like I think uh, it's like 12 or 13 percent of the whole world's uh, insecticides is used for cotton for only cotton so that's that's just crazy that we keep doing this yeah so we're talking huge environmental costs um i i guess the the kind of the one stumbling block is for many people fast fashion is the kind of the only fashion that perhaps they can afford so for a lot of people, um, living living ethically is not always actually a question of ethics, but actually a question of finances. So there are there are lots of people who would love to be able to buy sustainable, high quality goods, and they know that that's the way forward. But they simply can't afford to because these products often tend to be more expensive. And I think that's it's just important to bear in mind. And I just really wanted to ask you what you think about that. How it's kind of it can be a, a bit of a privilege to be able to buy sustainable goods um, in our world. And I just wondered whether, like what's the situation basically with the products on project uh, that you can find, sorry, on Project CC? Are, are many of them affordable? Are the companies making an effort to make them more so? And what needs to happen for us to get to the point where sustainable fashion is more affordable? Yes. Um, yeah, so this this question has quite a few answers, I would say. Uh, first of all, I would like to say that there are brands that are working so hard to make their products affordable. We have uh, like a brand called Honest Basics and you can buy, um, well, like just a turtleneck sweater, uh, a jumper for, I think, 20 euros. And you can buy a t-shirt for uh, 12 euros, 15 euros. So I think that's that's what most people can afford. Um, and you, yeah, I think uh, we also have uh, a brand that sells, sells shoes that are in the price range of around, I don't know, the six, between 60 and 80 euros. I think that's very comparable to what we're used to in fast fashion. But, the, but this is of course only a small amount of brands that can do this and they usually only work uh, by selling the products via their own web shop because they are not able to sell their clothing via shops, be, uh, shops because then the price will have to be higher because the margins are just a lot lower. So that brings us to me to the second point. It just costs money to make clothing and to make it in a fair way. And we can say we cannot afford it, but over the years we've been spending more and more money on uh, fashion in general. So I would say that most people can afford it, but just want to buy something new every week. And we should, first of all, just stop wanting to do that. We just need to buy less, invest in quality, make it last. Um, yeah, so fast fashion is not even something that's been along for so so long. It's it's something that started in the 90s. I mean, I've, I've, I've never uh, not known fast fashion. I mean, it, it's been around since I was born, but a lot of people lived in a time when this was not a normal thing to do. And 
yes, we have been buying, liking to buy stuff, but not in the extreme amount that we're doing in the last 30 years. And I think we should just all go back a little bit, uh, see clothing more as a luxury product that we, that we don't need to buy a new pair of jeans every, every month. We can just buy one a year, that's fine. I haven't bought a pair of jeans in a very long time. Uh, and you can also switch it a bit with secondhand. So you just make a balance between secondhand clothing, uh, sustainable clothing, and then together, I think you won't be even, even spending that much money. I've been pretty broke the last few years, go startup life. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I have not been buying any fast fashion because I just buy a little bit of secondhand, a little bit of new uh, sustainable clothing. And I work with the clothing I have and I repair it when it's broken. When I still really love it, I organize um, swap parties where you can just take all the clothing that's still nice but don't want to wear anymore and switch it with your friends. So there's all these other things you can do that are actually really fun and uh, still make it very affordable to buy a sustainable. Yeah, nice. I'm feeling slightly guilty now, sat here in a, a brand new pair of jeans. Um, <laughs> oh dear. Um, anyway. Shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, it sounds sounds like what you're kind of saying is that it's it's maybe just a question of being a little bit more creative with the way we approach buying clothes and the way we think about it and trying to strike a bit more of a balance. Like, I guess yeah. it doesn't have to be as stark as it perhaps was in my head when I was asking that question that you either buy cheap, fast fashion or you buy designer kind of really expensive, really sustainable great quality clothes it can be we also have that of course <laughs> you also have, yeah great but, uh, for yeah. everyone but yeah we, you could kind of like you say you could think outside the box a bit and kind of do a bit of this and a bit of that and kind of bring together a wardrobe that way so talking a little bit about the ethical values of some of the brands that you work with i'm really interested to know how does project cc try to live by those values itself if that makes sense thinking about it as a startup is your business model different in some ways to others yeah so when we started out we didn't have a business model <laughs> we just we were just like people just winging it yeah we were we were just winging it we were students we were just like okay we'll just try if some people would like to use our website we'll, we're gonna build a website <laughs> but um no i think we always wanted to be there to help people find sustainable fashion and uh, to help the small sustainable brands and stores to find to bring them to the customers. But in that way, we wanted we we have like a few rules, like if they fit our sustainable criteria, we'll always allow them to be on our website if it's technically possible, because, of course, it's sometimes also a bit of a thing. And if their shipping fee is below 15 euros. So I think that's, and we want their language to, of course, be in either English or Dutch or German. That's, that's very broad, our criteria. And then we ask a, star, a startup fee of usually like 50 euros and uh, a commission fee of between 10 and 15%. Um, so in this, and we only ask commission like for sales that are actually made. And we do this in this way, so that it's basically uh, no, no cure, no pay. Uh, with the idea that everybody can join our platform that's sustainable enough and everybody would be, should be able to afford it. And um, 
yeah, and in this way, we try to make it really fair towards our brands and try to help them also to reach more people. And I'm guessing the the people who work for you too. Ah, yeah. So of course, we try to take care of them. We really, really appreciate what they are doing. Right now, we're only employing part-timers because we just, we are not that large that we need. Well, we, of course, we would like to have full-timers, but we simply can't, aff- can't afford it. Um, but yeah, I think we are always trying to meet them half, halfway in everything. We really appreciate appreciate their input. We always want to hear their ideas about what we're working on. Um, and we just really like having them around. It's really a great team. Yeah, I, I think they're mostly happy. Of course, with Corona, it's been a bit harsh because nobody can go to the office and we don't have like Friday drinks anymore and these kind of things. Although actually the first weeks of Corona, our Friday drinks was never so full of people because yeah, usually you only have the people at the office and now suddenly everybody, our whole team that was also like not only people in Amsterdam, but from all over the place came and joined into our bottle because everybody <laughs> was in lockdown. So it was okay. kind of fun. <laughs> Is that on Zoom? Yeah, 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 Zoom or Skype. Nice, nice. Um, so yeah, mentioning Corona, um, the elephant that's always in the room at the minute how I'm thinking that in terms of sustainability I feel like in a way we 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 could see coronavirus hopefully if we're in an optimistic mood as a bit of a tipping point in terms of people's kind of consciousness about environmentalism and the importance of looking after the environment for loads of different reasons I think people have have kind of tuned in a bit to how important it is for our well-being to to kind of connect with the environment and the natural world as much as possible and maybe also have had a chance to just step back from the kind of busy busyness of their lives as consumers and and um and yeah that kind of that kind of headspace and have just been able to look at things a bit more objectively and and realize that we we do live on a finite planet and the way that we behave towards it the way that we um use the resources has has a huge impact has a huge impact and we can't simply go on living the way we have been living forever do you maybe think that this could be a bit of a watershed moment in terms of people's lifestyles and their willingness to to embrace sustainability fully and kind of commit to putting the planet first i think i think it's still a little bit hard to say like at the beginning of corona i think we we got a well it was like when they announced that we had it in the Netherlands and that we're now going into like lockdown or something like that um the moment that that started we had no visitors there was just two weeks or one and a half week that people were just only looking at the news I think (laughs) which I understand because I was also only talking on the phone with friends being like are you okay are you okay (laughs) and uh, seeing if everybody was all right um but after that we saw a huge surge in people that came to our website a lot of people looking for sustainable fashion online also because right then uh big um fashion brands were canceling their orders on the other side of the world so i think a lot of people thought like okay we we are in this together we need to help each other support your locals support everyone uh and had this sort of big feeling of we need to do good together but that feeling of doing everything right, I think, left us again a little bit. Like we went a little bit back to uh, sort of business as usual. And well, I'm kind of sick of having this lockdown and I don't want to go with 
public transport anymore and now I can go with my car without feeling bad and you you have all these different feelings that that pop up now and that people have a little bit more that they that they just feel bad for themselves uh, compared to people on the other side of the world maybe um yeah so I think it's a bit a, a little bit of both I hope that we'll keep also thinking about the, the planet and how we need to solve things but yeah in Dutch news you also see a lot of people that say things like uh, yeah we first need to now think about rebuilding our economy and how we have to stop this virus we don't have time for the climate discussion right now so yeah I think it has both sides there's also a lot of people that become more aware now and there's also people that think like this now is not the time yeah right I mean maybe then more than or yeah, rather than a tipping point, it's a bit more of a delicate kind of balance point where it's, you've got this opportunity and it, it kind of could go either way. Like you say, um, the, it could go yeah. with the people that want to look after things or it could go with the people that are like, no, come on, we need to drive up, fire up the engines of the economy at, at whatever cost it takes to get back to where we are. And it's kind of about who, I guess, who wins that argument, I suppose. Yeah, and I think that in the last months half year we've shown that we're capable of such big uh change in the way we act the way we we yeah kind of have our own little things that we do uh our, all our habits have changed um i think i think it's now suddenly if someone stands close to you in a supermarket you're like what is happening i don't want this <laughs> it, that's just something you, yeah exactly and that's just something that would be totally weird a year ago and there's all these things that are so logical now and even like sometimes when you look at at movies where people are at a concert or something then I'm a little bit like oh my god these people are standing so close to each other <laughs> so I think we've shown that we're capable of such big change in such, such big yeah, such small periods that we should also be able to change for the climate and yeah so that I think we're capable of doing it. We just need to choose to do it. Right, yeah. And I guess it's it's about um, sort of turning up in a way if you are on that side of kind of progressive politics and yeah. wanting to make a change and wanting to make a difference. It's about making sure our voices are, are super loud, especially at the minute. Um, back to sustainable fashion more specifically, how, just how big a difference do you think it could make? In thinking about the environment, just how big a difference could it make if people did decide to shift towards a more kind of sustainable uh, way of buying clothes? Um, yeah, well, I think it, the impact will be huge. Like the fashion industry is, I think, yeah, one of the most polluting industries in the world. It's, I think, when they did accurate sort of calculations with uh, CO2 equivalent stuff, it was like the fifth most polluting industry. Um, but of course, for fashion, it's really not only CO2. Um, if we can really try to make the amount we, we emit with the transport smaller and with the produ production of the clothing smaller, that's of course a huge win. But there's so many other factors, so like the water pollution. Like you have places in Bangladesh and in India where you can see from the colors of the river what what color is going to be in fashion like these kind of things it's really unhealthy for the people living there for the animals living there so the impact by just cleaning up those rivers and making sure that there's good water treatment plants that's just it will have a huge impact not only on 
just a wildlife there, but also just on the people living there because their standard of living will be really uplifted. Yeah, so there's just so many facets and I would say that it's the impact would be huge. No doubt it would be. Um, thank you so much for talking to me, Noor. That was super interesting. I hoped, uh, it, yeah, I hoped it was interesting. Thank you for having me. There we go, episode two. I really hope you enjoyed my chat with Noor from Project CC. If you want to find out more about Project CC and get sustainably shopping, you can go to www.projectcc.co.uk. Like I said last week, I've got some great guests coming up. Next week, I'm going to be chatting to Leslie Kern, the feminist geographer, all about her book, Feminist City, which is about how we can make our cities more equal and inclusive spaces. In the next few weeks, I'm also going to be chatting to someone from the Forefront Project, all about structural racism in the UK and racist policing. So that should be really interesting too. Please don't forget to follow, subscribe, review, like, whatever you can do. You can follow uh, my Instagram page at Manifesto Pod and like us on Facebook at Manifesto. Thanks so much for listening and tune in again next week. And I am off to buy some sustainably made socks.